the Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter 4. Near the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, he visits his hometown of Nazareth. In the words of Isaiah, he states and claims his identity, purpose, and mission. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up and read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah that was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind. He has let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus stands up in front of his hometown to proclaim the gospel truth. The truth that God has come down to earth to be with them in Jesus. Now, for us, this seems so wonderful. This is so amazing because in the end, we know who Jesus is and why Jesus came into the world. We know that Jesus came into the world to bring us the love of God, to bring us the light that comes out of the darkness, life out of death. Jesus' life and ministry changes us and the world forever, but when he starts his ministry in his hometown, it doesn't go as well as he hoped. You know, Jesus is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He begins his public ministry, but the people gathered there in that congregation that particular day do not understand God as Jesus understands God. When they think of God, they picture God up in heaven, and if they were faithful to God, then God would love them back, that they would have this good life. But Jesus changes everything. You see, he stands up in front of the congregation. He quotes from the prophet Isaiah, who said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives to bring sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. And then he gives a scroll back to the attendant. He sits down and he says, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I think what Jesus does here, or what he begins to do, is to change the view of who God is for the people of God. At first, they seem to understand what Jesus is saying. They may even agree with him. But as Jesus' ministry continues, they see what it really means to bring sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, and to bring good news to the poor. You know, when we ask this question, what is the church today? We come up with different answers because the church today in 2022 is different than it was in 2021 and even 2020 and even before that. But when I was reading the gospel today, 
I was thinking about the last two years. I was thinking about our congregation, all that we have experienced. And this other question started to creep into my head, right? What is our image of God? This is such an important question for us because everything has changed. Whether we worship online or in person, whether we're receiving communion or not, we are a different people. We are a different church than we were in 2021 or 2020 or even before that. We experience the love and grace and the forgiveness of God differently, right? We're not in our sanctuary right now. We're not worshiping together on a Sunday morning in person. So if we're not in our sanctuary, how do we feel the presence of God? You know, I've done a lot of work and and thinking and praying and discerning about what my image of the kingdom of God is. How do I experience the kingdom of God, not only in church, but in the world? And I have to admit, everything that has happened over the last two years, my perception of the kingdom of God looks a little different than it did before. You know, if I had to sum up my view of the kingdom of God before 2020, it would be harmony. When I envisioned the kingdom of God, I saw people from all walks of life, people from all different kinds of backgrounds, people who experienced different things, who had different ideologies. They all would come together and they would be, you know, kind of that corny version, right? Singing around the, the campfire, singing Kumbaya, hand in hand, arm in arm, not only friends, but as the family of God. But my friends, that has changed, right? What I have seen, what I have experienced over the last few years are people who are not able to utilize the voice that they have been given to affect change in the world. I have seen and experienced individuals who take the privilege that is given to them and utilize it to push others aside, not to bring people together. My vision of the kingdom of God right now is giving voice to the voiceless, is standing up for, against the injustices in this world. And the way that I live my life and how I think about living and acting in the world is determined by my picture of the kingdom of God. And it is important for us, it is vital for us as a congregation to think, what is our picture of the kingdom of God? Now, over the next several months, we will be exploring this idea. Who is God to the people of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church? Those of you who are virtual with us can participate as well. How are are we connected as a congregation? And what is our picture of the kingdom of God? It is so important to have this idea of who God is as individuals, but yes, as a community of faith, as a congregation. It is important because there are things that are happening in our life and in our world that overwhelm us. There are people who desperately need to experience the kingdom of God, whatever that looks like for us. We may have health concerns. We may have relationship concerns. There may be discord in our lives and in our worlds. And how do we satisfy that? 
Many times we ask God to intervene, and, and so many times we think that God is not intervening. God is not healing our family. God is not helping us make enough to survive. And then we hear from a neighbor or a friend who, who prayed for a sale on their favorite laundry detergent, and God answered that prayer, but God is not answering our prayers. God is not helping us. And we say, God, where are you? Where were you when I am asking for help with my family member who is desperately sick and ill, and you're not there when I need you? Where are you, God? Now, to have God with us, who calls us to help and serve the blind, the oppressed, and the poor, God is there when things are not going our way. God is there when things are going our way. God is there when we desperately need God to be there, but not necessarily in ways that we expect. God is there when we are hurt or we we experience injustices in the world. And we have two things that we could do when we see injustices in the world. We could turn a blind eye or we can help and make a difference. What we do in this world, what we do when we experience the injustices in our world, helps us paint this picture of who God is. So when we gather together as a community of faith, when we talk about our church's passions, things that move us, things that bring us joy and happiness, we begin to form as a community our image of God. And this is what Jesus brings into the world. Jesus helps us see that God is love and that our lives are going to be different because God has come into our life. God no longer resides in heavens looking down upon us. Instead, God is reaching out to us in hopes that God can be a significant part of our life and the life of our church. God sees us. God loves us. God looks with favor upon us. And because of that, our world, our church is never going to be the same again. You know, I know that there are times when we feel like we are the poor or the oppressed, when we feel disregarded or discriminated against, when we feel rejected. And during those times, we don't need someone telling us that we need to have a positive outlook on life. We don't need someone telling us that if we just prayed a little harder or came to church a little bit more, that things are going to be okay. What we need is to be able to slow down to focus on our relationship with God and the people that we are connected to and to ask ourselves, how is our connection with God and the church going to make a difference in our lives? I know for me, when I am at my weakest, when I need strength, when I need someone or something to help me put one foot in front of another, it is then that I am thankful for my relationship with God. It is then that I am thankful for my relationship with my church because it is in this place that I experience the promises of God, the promise of hope the promise of grace, the promise of salvation, the promise of new life. When I need a pick-me-up, I have you. I have you who embraces me when I'm feeling down. I have you who reminds me where God is when I can't see God through my life's tragedies. I have you who help me gather around the cross 
where I'm able to receive the presence of God, the presence of Jesus in my life. I have you to let me know that because of the promises of God, you are with me. And you have all of that too. So when I hear Jesus' first sermon, which we read today, I hear that God is present with us, that God wants us to know the truth. The truth is going to set us free. The truth helps us live a life that God wants for us. The truth helps us live a life to see the possibilities in front of us. We don't have to imagine it. All we have to do is embrace it. And when we start with our image of God, we may not be sure what that looks like or how God acts in our life. But when we need God most, God is there with us and for us. God embraces us. So we are able to embrace God and embrace one another. God continues to make God's self known to us in the world that we live in so that we can all experience the promise of God, the promise of faith, the promise of hope, the promise of love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, all of these things wrapped up into one amazing experience. And I am so thankful that we have this community, those who gather in person, those who gather in our virtual service, because as we come together unified as the body of Christ, we will continue to experience the promise of God. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen.